Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, hello, everybody. It is another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West for this Saturday, the 20th of March, 2021. We were the 20s of March. Yeah, well, it's the first day of spring as well. Yes, it is. A nice spring day in Tucson. It's something like 80 degrees. and Yeah, warm. I like it. Everybody's got their T-shirts on. That's right. Running around without any pants. I know. Well, that's all right. Bunker to France is here, and uh, in Los Angeles, it's our good friend Todd Roberts. Howdy, Todd. Howdy, Todd. So, you're not wearing any pants? No. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to clarify. I, you know, I sometimes picture, I'm a little slow. Get that slow. out of your mind. You know, you know me. I, you I know, know. I know. I, oh, too well. <laughs> I get a little lost sometimes, so I just want to make sure that I'm where I'm at when I think... But I'm at where I'm at. You know, California is small. It gets you burned. Yeah, you go. Today's program is uh, some esoteric stuff. Uh, you know, we're we're just gonna voyage into into the unknown. Yeah, pretty much. We're just gonna throw out some stuff and see what uh, sticks to the wall. I guess. Yeah, we got. We're trying a little something different today. Because uh, you know, one, we want we want to be different. Oh, but did and you want to do the the housekeeping thing with the birthday I, first? Oh, well, did, you, or you, not? You don't care? No, no, you know you, you found the birthday. Oh, all right. Yesterday was uh, Wyatt Earp's 147th birthday. Happy birthday, Mister <laughs> Earp! <laughs> all right, we've got that out. Well, of anyhow, way. kind of kind of what we're doing, or it's a weird theme. It's going to be wrap your head around this, but you know, we all look at. Record titles, book titles, movie titles, and if you don't know what the movie's about or the or the record or the thing, it's it kind of is a theater of the mind in in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you go up to a jukebox, you look at it, and I I know because I was never much of a music guy. I'd go up to a jukebox sometimes in a joint, and two thirds of the songs in there I never heard. But I, every once in a while I'd see a title and go, hmm, hmm, try that one. And I was thinking maybe today what we could try to do is come up with titles from uh, your choice. I'm doing uh, records, uh, Western records, and kind of make up you know, from the title, make up a little story in my own mind on what it might be. And, just, uh, and I thought as a challenge I would like... Name one, and I would do my version. Harry would do his version. Todd would do his version. Then Todd would name one, and then Harry and I would do our version after him. Then Harry would do one, and then we, Todd and I would, would do our... Basically, yeah. a, a exercise in storytelling uh, by three tongue-tied guys. Well, I might as well hang up the microphone now. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it's surprised. It's it's like let your imagination just. It, That's it. It. Be, it can be just a couple of words, or it could be a paragraph or a chapter. Mm-hmm. Maybe a novel, a, mm-hmm. uh, a three-part series. Who knows? Exactly. So. That's the uh, nature of what we're going to do today. Beast, and if it doesn't work, we'll fake it. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out something. Yeah. But uh, who, who wants to start? You want, who, you want me to? St- who wants to start here? Well, I'll start. All right, go just, for it. Just to just show you how, how I how, how you my, think. How my thinking. Thunk, we know how, how my thunker thinks. thinks. <laughs> now, the first title I chose 
And this is a song I've never heard. I have no knowledge about it. I don't know who did it. I don't know who wrote it. But it's a Western song, and it's called Ride Hard for the Hills. Okay. And I'm thinking, there's this ranch. And a bunch of the hands are down around the corral. And the rancher's son is in there trying to break a colt. And he keeps getting pitched off. Well, he's a spoiled kid like they quite often are in a B Western. Mm -hmm. And he whoops out his old pocket knife, big bladed pocket knife, and he's screaming, I'm going to kill that dime horn. I'm going to cut his throat. Mm -hmm. Well, old Clyde Howdy, he's there by the, he's one of the older cowboys at the ranch, but he's down there. And he realizes this kid means it. Well, he, he looks down and there's an old wooden bucket by the water trough. He grabs that bucket, he jumps over the thing, and he just whacks that kid with it, knocks him on his butt, knocks him cold. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, his dad finds out about it. He's up there at the ranch house. He says, what's all the commotion, boys? He says, well, Clyde just, just clocked your kid. He's going he's gonna to cut up that horse. You did what to my... The old man don't care about the horse. Mm. It's his boy. Mm -hmm. His boy's got not cold. Mm -hmm. So he said, Clyde, you're out of here. You're fired. So Clyde goes, okay, I'll, I'll pull my time. Packs up, hides into town. He goes in there, and he's, he's there in the bird cage having a few drinks later on in the day. He's got nothing better to do now. Some of the cowboys come in from the ranch, and they're in there, and they're talking to Clyde, and they're telling Clyde, you did the right thing, part. That kid, he's a punk. Well, guess who else comes to town that night? Oh, by who? The kid. Okay. And he's in there. And he's having a few. Nobody's drinking with him, so he's having even more. He's getting drunk and belligerent <laughs> and shouting. And finally, he, he walks up to Clyde with a bottle, and he's got a drink glass in his hand, and he says, he said, no hard feelings, Clyde. Have a drink with me. Clyde said, no, I won't drink with you. You're a punk kid. I don't have nothing to do with you. And the old kid, he just infuriates him. He smashes the bottle and jabs at Clyde. Well, Clyde grabs his hand, and they're struggling. In the struggle, that old broken bottle slashes across the kid's throat. Uh-oh. There goes the juggler. One of the guys runs out the door right then and there. He says, i got to let the old man know. And Clyde goes, oh, I'm a dead man. <laughs> and other, one of the other guys goes to Clyde. He says, Clyde, get your horse and head for the hills. Head for the hills. Ride, ride, hard, ride for the hills. hard for the hills. Ride hard for the hills. What I see, I, I don't know the song either. Uh, what what I, my imagination shows is uh, the hole in the wall gang is riding, riding after Robin uh, Train, and they got they got the posse right after them. And there's the hills. <laughs> the leader says, "Ride hard for them hills. Head for the hole." <laughs> there you go. That's that's my short. Uh, Good. Short, it's shorty. Good. It's fun. What do you got there, Todd? Well, I I've got um, I've got a uh, I got the vision of a group of cowboys riding along with you know they're going somewhere, but they're in no particular hurry, and they have you know very little desire to get there, but they're going, and um, all of a sudden the. A couple of the cowboys feel something whiz by their ears, and they think at first it's a, you know, some type of bug, and 
one of them turns around and looks behind him and there's a horde of Apaches coming right at him. So uh, somebody shouts out, ride hard for the hills, fellas, and we'll take cover and last him out. Yeah, and they start riding hard and, uh, you know, by the time they get there, one guy's already plugged and uh, it's the uh, scene from the great Remington painting, Dash for Timber. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, who wants to go next? Todd, you go. So I'm going to throw out uh, I'm going to throw out a title of something for you. I'm going to do it just a little differently. I'm going to throw out a title to you, and you we all know it. And what is it you see? Uh, what is it you hear? What pops directly into your mind? Uh, and that word association exercise. So the film is Jubal. Mm. You go first, Bunker. No, you go first. The guy that introduces the, the, the piece goes first. Okay. The other guys follow. Um, I just, you know, I, for whatever reason, uh, the this seething hatred and uh, that. Uh, Rod Steiger's character Pinky has for Jubal um, is just so off but it's because we find out that Jubal is a tremendous threat to him in many ways, many different ways and you know, you don't understand it at the beginning but it's the image that lasts me through the entire film and when I think of the film okay. well, let's see for Jubal it, I, I think almost immediate of jubilee, and it's, and it's kind of like a celebration. And while that movie is a movie you wouldn't really think of it as being celebratory, uh, it is in a way, because you got you got the, this cowboy Glenn Ford who's just traveling through, and he meets up with this rancher, Ernie Borgnine. And Ernie Borgnine is full of life. He's jubilant. You know, he slaps his wife on the butt, and she doesn't like it. She likes Glenn Ford. And consequently, the jubilee turns into more of a wake as just one uh, miscarriage of right happens after another with uh, the Rod Steiger character just disintegrating more and more into jealousy and hate and uh, just evil and at the very end with his demise there's almost another celebration the one that the West is famous for but that nobody really enjoys and that's the lynching which doesn't happen and that's my take mine is what an unusual name and that's all I got. <laughs> Somebody's mother did not like them. <laughs> hey, you know, sorry. That That's just how it goes. <laughs> well, with a name like Troop, you know, it's like, you know, B Troop, you could name a B or, or A, A Troop. I, I knew a guy who, uh, his last name was Sergeant, and he, in fact, was a Sergeant. Sergeant, Sergeant. Sergeant, Sergeant. Or like or major, major, ma- major, 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 yeah. major, 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 <laughs> because his first name was Major. Well, it's your turn, Harry. Well, I'm going to take a movie here, uh, Saddle Tramp. 
and Saddle Tramp. Sa- Saddle Tramp probably is a cowboy. Just obviously, he uh, rides the saddle. He lives in the saddle. That is his life in the saddle, and uh, he uh, comes around and does good things. Sometimes he does bad things, but he don't worry about that because what he does good outweighs what he's done bad. And those bad things were not really that bad at all. You know, not not, not enough to lose a hand over or <laughs> I know uh, or anything like that. Uh, so Maybe a tooth or two in a barroom. That might be. That might be. But then he um, then he suddenly becomes a parent, a foster parent. And that changes things all over the place. But he does a good job and gets the young man on his way to doing the right things. Okay. Todd? Hmm. Well, you know, I always think of, um, you know, but, uh, uh, gun smoke when, you know, he, Matt Dillon walks into the Long Ranch and, you know, hey, Kitty, how you doing? Anybody here? Just some saddle tramps. You know, and they're either really quiet and low-key and fine, or, you know, they're um, the gremlins who, if they eat after midnight, uh, become monsters. And, you know, you get that in some of those guys in the episodes of of that they're you know they start out as saddle tramps and they become shall we say saddle demons um mm-hmm. being on the trail for so long eating maybe very meager meager food uh and so on and they finally get to town and they kind of bust loose Good. well I'm, I'm i'm thinking of it in the sense that i don't know the movie i know the movie but i'm gonna Pretend that I've never seen it. Or don't know about. So what comes to my mind? Saddle trail. See them tumbling down. Blazing <laughs> their love to the ground. I see a cowboy that's much like a tumbleweed. That he, he, he goes he goes where the wind blows, where where life and fate takes him, where you know the very life of the cowboy is. For the most part, it's seasonal. Spring and fall is the busy time. A lot of times, these guys are laid off. Northern Cowboy. I see him going into Big Fork, Montana, just ahead of the first big storm of the winter, pushing up for the pushing up for the winter, mostly in the bar. And he's he's a feller's got a little talent, maybe. And he's got a box of old watercolors that he picked up somewhere. And he'll make an extra dollar or two doing a little sketch or a little little watercolor picture of a horse or some Indians or stuff like that. And he's been around a long time. He's been around long enough to spend time with some of the Indian people up there, some of the uh, Mandan, Yakima. And he knows their ways, he knows their costumes, and he, and he captures that. But what happens is, in his wanderings as a saddle tramp, he has seen so many things. He's seen the buffalo, 
he see, he seen he seen the big freeze of '89 when all the cattle were frozen and died, and he just he's just so full of that life that he's experienced that that he's seen, and he just he can't get it all down. He can't get it out of his mind, and the only place he can get it out is on on a piece of paper or a canvas, and that's what I see when I see his saddle trail. Today's program is something completely different from what we normally do. Uh, It's esoteric, I would imagine. And uh, what we're doing is just looking beyond the title. Uh, We're throwing out titles of uh, music, songs, of movies, books, and uh, the three of us are trying to figure out what kind of poetry and poetry and what what kind of imagery that paints in our tiny minds. (laughs) So, with that, we're going to do our. Very first commercial break here. See what this paints in your mind. Hopefully you'll want to patronize our sponsors here on Voices of the West. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. Today's program, um, we're throwing things out, seeing what sticks. 
Yeah, it'd be on the title. It's basically what uh, we're doing there. And uh, we're throwing out names of uh, musical compositions, movies, books, poetry, and see what, uh, what, what conjures up, what up. conjures up in, in our minds. You know, it was funny because while I was listening to that last piece of music, and I was thinking, that's, that to me is one of the things that like triggers your imagination. That's like what, you know, the theme songs from Westerns are, are such stories in themselves. I'm like, Big Country, that theme song. Right. It tells you the whole that soundtrack tells you the whole story. Your mind automatically paints that yeah. without even seeing the movie. Your mind still paints that picture yeah, yeah. of a vast expanse. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to throw one out here. Okay. This is a uh, okay. This is a uh, a song, and I think we all know the song, but it's called Big Iron. Now, it can have a couple connotations. I'm going to go with the connotation that. Uh, Here's a group of uh, cowboys out on the range with their cattle, and uh, it, it's time to start branding. And so they get that uh, that branding iron hot, and they get that other branding iron hot, and then they get that big iron hot. Put the big iron brand on their cattle. <laughs> yeah, that's Ooh, pretty hot. I know, I know, I know. but that. that we know that's not what the song is about, but uh, if you know the song anyway, um, that is not what the song is about. But that's kind of that's one of the things that I see from that particular title. Well, you know that's interesting. When you said Big Iron, I thought of Bessie Love, an older Irish woman, took in laundry out at Fort Dodge, and she was. The officers loved her because she did the best ironing in the world. And there was a sergeant there, an old Irish sergeant, Quinn Cannon by name, who was very fond of, of Bessie. But old Quinn Cannon was also very shy. And he couldn't think of any way in the world that he could he could kind of nuzzle up to old Bessie. And she liked it. She liked old Quinn Cannon. Quinny, she called him. She liked him a lot. In fact, she, she was kind of stuck on him. But, you know, those was back in the days when folks were still proper. Those Victorian morals and ways of the East had worked their way into the West. And men, cowboys, cavalrymen, they tipped their hat to a lady. Well, time went on by. And the Indians were getting a little restless. But things was all the same there at the fort. And one day, assembly was blowing on the bugle and all the troops come out. And their, and their commanding officer says, Mount up, boys, we got to go out. A fellow named Custer up north, he got he got shot up pretty bad and all of his men, and I think we lost him. Mm-hmm. But we've been called up to head north see what we can do stop this uprising so they all head out and old Quinny he knows this is a serious one so as they're getting ready to move out he rides by the laundry and he hollers down Bessie my love would you be coming out here now and she comes out and she says oh what do you want Quinny she says yeah, we're riding out on a mission that some men may not come back and I just want you to know that 
if I make it back, would you please put a little less starch in me shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Roberts. Well, you know, I see in my mind... I, I see in my mind the song, you know. I, it's just in doubly ingrained right. in my brain. I, I had a thing for Marty Robbins and all those songs, you know, Big Iron on His Hip, The Stranger, and, and you know, it's just um, just the way he delivers the song and so on. And I just see this big seven-and-a-half-inch Colt uh, on his hip, you know, in a, in a uh, maybe cross-draw. Uh, in a slide-on holster, he's a he's a Texas Ranger, and you know it's just a another day at work for him. But uh, honestly, you know, every day could be your last, and and so on. So the as, although he's an expert and he's a professional, there's a lot of trepidation that goes with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Here. I reckon. Okay. Well, I've got another song here. Again, one I've never heard of. Don't know anything about the writer or how it sounds. But I love the title. He says, If I could love a girl like I love my horse. Mm. Now, what I see here is I see a young cowboy that's working an outfit, and he's, he's a Mustanger. He breaks the horses. But, you know, it's it's a big outfit, and well, he's fortunate because this is an outfit that's close to town. Most outfits were far from town. In fact, the town kind of grew up around it because it was so successful. Anyhow, there's a school teacher in town, sweet little young thing, that uh, he's quite fond of. And he would always like to, when he was working the ponies, he'd find one that was real flashy and full of energy and life and that's the one he'd take into town because he knew that old horse would prance strut and maybe maybe rear up a little bit and just mm-hmm. all the girls in town were just kind of in love with him because he was just he was just such a such a not a dandy but just such a such an outstanding example of youth and energy and life well time goes by and he kind of zeroes in on the little school teacher, and she reciprocates, and they get they get to where they're kind of serious. I mean, he's taken her to a couple of box socials, even held her hand one time, you know. And so anyhow, one day he was like, you know, he's serious. He says, you know, I think, uh, young lady, that you are a person that I could, I could see me spending my life with uh, eternity to be my partner and I'm just and I'm asking you how do you feel toward me because if you if you say so I'm down on my knee and I'm proposing and she looks him in the eye and she says cowboy get down on your knee and he does and she says yes but she says there's a condition she says I can't, I can't bear the thought of being married to somebody out there that any day he might get his head kicked in by a horse or, or get his back broke. And I just, I, I, I don't know that I could live with that. I want you, I want you to quit the ranch. My daddy's got the general store in town. 
You can go to work for him. And he's in love with him. And it's, uh, it's like almost breaking his heart in another way to give up the ponies. But he says, you know, darling, I love you. I gotta do I gotta do what I gotta do. He goes to work in the store. And he's working there in the town ladies. Huh? Oh, do you think this color goes good in this cloth here? We gotta make a dress out. You know, uh, you know, you shorted me on the bacon last time I was in here. I mean he just he's not cut out for that kind of life. Well, one day it's been a day like that, just all day long, just one thing after another. And her dad, he's not too happy with the fact that his daughter's married married a cowboy, even though he is a good worker. Mm -hmm. And he's it's slowed down for the day, and he just happens to be looking out the window. And he sees some boys from the old outfit, and they're driving a small small bunch of horses in to the corrals down by the shipping yard. Remounts for the cavalry. And he's down there, and he sees one old frog out there that he had worked on and worked on it and never really never really got him broke to where he, where he wanted him to when he, when he decided he was another way of life. And he watched it, and he stood there and watched and watched. And then he watched the sliding door on the boxcar open, and I'm driving the horses up there. And that one pony was fighting. He wouldn't go in the boxcar. He reared over backwards. He broke his neck. And he's watching the old horse die out there in the corral. And something happened. And he turns and he goes to the father and he says, I gotta go talk to Mary. I gotta talk to Mary. And he goes down to the school and he interrupts the class. And she says, you shouldn't be doing this. He says, I gotta do this. He says, I love you more than anything in the world. But I love my horses more. And I can't work in the store anymore. I'm going back to the ranch. Now, if you love me, will you come with me? You know, I uh, I was so intent on listening to your story, I lost the what the title was. <laughs> uh, if I could love a girl like I love my horse. You know, I just don't have anything for that. I, I, I can't even I can't even think of anything after hearing after hearing your description. Well, let me take it in the in a in in a really odd direction because the title suggests to me the funny to me was funny cartoon Dudley Do Right. <laughs> a guy who loved his horse as probably more than he loved his girl, uh, and she was awful pretty, Nell. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know she'd come, you know, and she'd say things like, you know, you know, do you love that horse more than me? And he'd go, why no, no. Uh, and it was just a, fu a goofy cartoon, and that's what I'm thinking. That's what popped into my mind. <laughs> what What was the name of Dudley Do Right's horse? Oh God, um, I don't remember. His horse's name was Oh God. No, his horse's name was Horse. Horse. <laughs> a horse. Horse. A horse. A horse. Of course. Very. I know. Now come on, give us a shot. I know too much stuff and and not give us good a shot. Stuff. All right, <clears throat> I'll give you one here. Uh, this is a this is a movie. It's uh, called the Topeka Terror. Now, 
I know what the movie is about, but the uh, the Topeka Terror. Let's see that that could that could be actually it probably is this guy from Topeka who just plumb terrorizes anywhere he goes and everywhere he goes. But everybody calls him Tampico. No, everybody calls him Topeka. Topeka because he's from Topeka. Mm-hmm. Is his first name Atchison? No, he's just the, the Topeka kid. The Topeka kid, and he's the Topeka Terror. That is not what the movie is about, but that's what I say. (laughs) Okay, Todd. Well, um, you know, it 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 reminds me of that character in Unforgiven um, that uh, the blonde kid plays with Clint Eastwood. You know, he's. Mm. He's so tough, and he's so ornery, and he's so, you know, his voice is so low and grizzled, and, and you know, we kind of come to, at first, you're thinking, geez, this, this kid, he doesn't need anybody to ride with him. He can go kill the bad guy, these two cowboys on his own. And then you start to learn that, you know, first off, he's, his eyesight's as bad as a, as a bat. He's as blind as a bat. Can't even see the storm clouds coming, and um, he, uh, he. We then find out that he's never shot anybody, even though he's called the Schofield Kid because he carries a Schofield, mm-hmm. and he's just all. He's all made up, in you know he created his his um, persona so that uh, it was he had some type of. Uh, persona to introduce himself into town and so on, but he never had done anything to earn any of it. And I think here again, um, you know, the Topeka kid is somewhat the same thing. Uh, a lot of fluff and, and, and nothing to it. A lot of talk and no action. Yeah. As call, they say in no Texas, call. all hat and no cattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Topeka Terror. It reminds me of the time he was back in Topeka, Kansas. You stand with Uncle Alvin? No, no, Uncle Alvin. He was still down in down in West Texas, but a little a cow town when when the herds are in town can be pretty lively and pretty jumpy. But when the herds are gone, it's down. It's it's just a, it's just really a, a Kansas farm town. Nothing's happening. Well, fella drifts into town from back east, Englishman in fact, and he says he's out there. He's 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 an English from Scotland Yard, and he's been tra- chasing a fella that had a reign of terror in London. Of killing prostitutes, cutting them up, and he traced them to New York and then to Chicago, and the last he knew was that this person had gotten on a train to Topeka. So that's what he was. He went to the sheriff and he told him the situation, showed him his credentials, and the sheriff says, "Well, I doubt if he's here because nothing's been happening." And he says, "Well, that's." way the fellow does. He comes into town, uh, settles in a little bit so that uh, he isn't conspicuous, and then next thing you know, 
young lady shows up there. Well, a week goes by, nothing's happening, and, and the, the uh, English detective, he's talking to the sheriff, he says, you know, he says, I may have to move on because I don't think he's here, I think he just passed through. And just about that time, a man comes running into the into the sheriff's office, he says, sheriff, sheriff, you know, you know that sweet dolly down at the Long Branch? They found her in the alley, out back. Somebody just cut her up terrible. Poor thing, she must have died a horrible death. They run out there, and the, and the English detective says, oh, that's his work. I, I recognize it from all the bodies I've seen. And they go on. So time goes by. Another body pops up. Another body pops up. And they're getting nowhere, and the sheriff's going, well, haven't you got any ideas? And he says, I've got all kinds of ideas, but I, I don't know. Well, another body shows up. But this one's a little bit different. It looked like she may have put up a struggle. Because mm. her fingernails were broken. Mm -hmm. And she and you notice that there's a little bit of blood on her mouth. And the sheriff is checking her out, and he doesn't see any cuts there. She says, I think she might have bit him. And he says, well, we got something to go on now. And you know, they're heading back to the sheriff's office. And the sheriff goes, wait a minute. You know, this is a hot day. How come you got a scarf on? <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. He says, well, he says, I've got a sore throat and I just try to protect it. Mm -hmm. He says, would you mind unrolling the scarf? Well, of course not. What are you implying? He says, I'm implying that I think you're, you may not be all that you claim to be. Oh, anyhow, the sheriff reaches for it. And the English detective, out of nowhere, comes up with a straight racer, slashes across the sheriff's throat, turns the corner, and he's never seen again. <laughs> that is good. You should have been a writer. <laughs> yeah, if I could always spell. Yeah, well, they have they have programs for that. We're going to take another yeah. commercial break here. Uh, this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. Our topic, looking beyond the title. We'll be back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online 
backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Hi everyone, it's Susan McRae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae so we can honor him during his favorite reunion, And we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his confessions of an acting cowboy. You'll have fun. See you in October. For the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona. I'll give you $10 an acre better than top price for that section of yours in 43. I couldn't take that, Mr. Jode. I'll throw in a corner business lot right here in Red Dust. Why couldn't do it? That would be selling out the rest of the settlers. That isn't good business, Mr. Hardy. Let the other settlers take care of themselves. Perhaps Mr. Hardy has a code that he'd like to live up to. I'm talking business with Mr. Hardy, my friend. Call me Stevens. I couldn't choose my name, but I can choose my friends. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and John Roberts. Beyond the title is the uh, topic of today's program. And that little uh, bit that you just heard there between... uh, Roy Barcroft and Alan Rocky Lane is from the Topeka Kid, yeah. or the Topeka Car- Terror. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I picked my friend. That's you, Harry, and that's you, Todd. All right. Thank Who, you, sir. Whose turn is it here? It's Todd's turn. All right. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> I don't know that well, title. <laughs> you, don't know the, you don't know that title. Um, I, I would... I would uh, you know, I have a. Uh, I think you both know that I have a weird thing for the film, My Darling Clementine, yes. and you um, a weird I thing. just, <laughs> I, I just, all I can see is at the end of the film when he, Henry Fonda as Wyatt Earp, says gets off his horse and says goodbye uh, to her, uh, his brother Ward Bond, who plays Morgan, even though he's really. Virgil's character, but Ford switched it around. He's in the buckboard, and they're off to California to see Pa and let him know about James, who's the baby in the movie, uh, the youngest brother of the three, and Virgil, who have both been killed, even though James was the oldest. Um, And Lord Bond says, 
Nice to have made your acquaintance, ma'am. Take care. And he rides off on the buckboard and finally rides up and looks at her and says, well, you know, uh, uh, it's time for us to be going. And she said, you're going to leave so soon? And he gets off the horse and he says, uh, I hear you're going to be new school barm. And she says, yes, I'm going to I'm going to teach school. And he says, okay. Clementine, I sure do like that name, ma'am. I sure do like that name. And there's a, there's a, as innocent as it sounds, there's definitely some carnal knowledge and lust in that response of his. And that's what I always think of that when I think of that film, is that scene as he says goodbye. So this would be My Darling Clementine is the title, gentlemen. You may proceed. Okay. I think of somehow or other the mu- music comes to mind uh, for me, and uh, that that's really about it. I mean, I don't have much imagination. <laughs> I, I, I do, but you know, I see this miner's daughter and forty niners. That's what they are. There's a, there's a wagon train heading out to California. They're taking the southern route down through Arizona. Uh, probably stopping in a little side-off journey to Tombstone because uh, Clementine's daddy, he likes to gamble. But they head down to Tombstone. He gets in a few games, plays cards with some Dennis fella and uh, calls him a cheat and then, Dennis, he says, I'm going to shoot your head off. And another fellow, he says, no, you don't want to shoot, don't want to shoot him. Doc, he's, he's, just a, he's just a biner, don't know the difference. I was not carrying a gun. So the old, old pop, he goes, you know, gentlemen, we're heading to California. I think I'll just keep going. And he, so they head out. You know. And, of course, they're traveling. And as they're traveling, desert country and whatnot. They're running short on water. They're panicky and scared. And they come over this little rise and they look down and they see this they see this pond. And Clementine is just so happy to see water that she runs down. And as she's running, she stubs her toe on this big old rock sticking out there and falls into the foaming brine. Ooh. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're at the point where we got to do our final break here. Okay, let's break. So, oh, my goodness. I know. The hour has flown by like you would not. Well, you might believe it. But in any event. But some people have been slow. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll be back with much more of Amal Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda, 
That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. The cow punches cry resounds to the sky. Sing yippee ki yippee ki yay. Sing yippee ki yay. Our voices will scare the rustlers away. Sing yippee ki yippee ki yay. The clickety click of the hoofbeats ring on the stones as we ride on the trail. They sound in the hills and the echoes sing of the cowboys whose hearts don't fail. Sing yippee ki oh. We are back on <laughs> We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with Bunker to France and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our topic this yes. time is, uh, well, um, a bit esoteric. Uh, we're, we're throwing out titles of this, that, and the other and uh, making, up stories. making up stories and see what imagery uh, is evoked in each of our don't you just want to sing along with that last song? You know, any Western song like that, I, I frequently do, and when it's on the truck radio and the windows are up, I belt them out. <laughs> there you go. Well, I've got one here. 
This is one that everybody knows, or they, if they don't know it, I question their, their Western credentials. Uh oh. Strawberry Rum. Ooh. Great, great, great song. But I'm going to take a little different take on it now. I'm thinking now this is a few years after World War One. Rodeo is getting established in America. Uh, there getting to be some big rodeos. There getting to be some people getting famous in the rodeos. Yakima, Canada, Hugh Gibson. And some horses were getting famous. Five minutes to midnight. Midnight. But one of them that was above them all was Joe Strawberry Run. Well, the Big Sky Rodeo Company had managed to buy him from the old rancher that owned him because he just had a reputation. Nobody, no cowboy could ride him. Never been ridden, never been broken. And he went on the circuit and nobody could ride him. Nobody could ride him at all. Finally, a bunch of ranchers got together and they said, you know, boys, we got a celebrating year coming up here. Let's do something to make it special. I said, well, what do you want to do? He says, what do you say we all put put in about $5,000 a piece, and we put up a purse for whoever can ride the strawberry roan in a special bucking contest? And they said, well, that's a great idea. And they were able to raise about $25,000, which in those days would probably have been equal to a million or more, mm -hmm. maybe a couple. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Cowboys come from all over the country. And they said, well, we can't be putting a couple of hundred cowboys on their own. They'd wear them out, and then it wouldn't be a fair contest. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to have a buck-off. And we're going to get it down to the last half dozen. And then when we get it down to that, we're going to get it down to the last three. The three best of the saddle bronc riders They'll have a go. It'll be a more fair contest. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the fellas was very well known. He was a world champion several times over. Come from Washington State. What called him Yak. Well, oh Yak, he got he. They drew and he he drew the first up. So they got there and they, they're out there. And, this, and rodeo was a little different back in those days. Yeah, it wasn't a bucket shoot. They'd have some old boy on a bronc out there. Holding on to it. Holding on to the horse. They'd have a blindfold over him. Son. And the cowboy would mount up from the ground, and they'd pull the blinders, and off it would go. Well, Jack walks up to him, swings in the saddle just to screw silk on a cat's back, pull the blinders, and that old saddle, strawberry roll, just, he just, he must have known who was on his back. Because he let out a squeal and he went up higher than anybody had ever seen him. In fact, people said they could see the pickup man under his belly. That's how high he went wow. up. Well, he went up high and he come down low and he hit the ground. And it kind of shattered. And yeah, it, it, it shook him to the bone. But he, he just he gritted his teeth and he just he spurred harder. And he's and he been and he was he had to let go and shoulder to flank, shoulder to flank. And it was, it was like like grandma in a rocking chair. It was just so smooth. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Yak blew a stirrup. And he's off to one side. The next thing you know, Yak's picking himself up off the ground. 
dusted himself off and he's going, man, that was the best ride of my life. Didn't ride him, but man, what a ride. <laughs> well, the next cowboy up, he was another world champion, been around for a little while. Fellow named Hoot. Friends called him Hooter. Well, Hoot gets on. Same routine, they're out there. And that old strawberry girl, he goes to spinning and kicking, rearing up. He comes up like he's going to go over backwards. Back to the point that the hoop goes, I'm not going to get mashed. And he pushes out. He's out of the competition. The third cowboy comes out there. Little short guy. He comes up there. He hops up on old Strawberry's back. And pulls the blinders. And he just spurs and he spurs and spurs. And whoops his hat off. And he's fanning them head to tail, head to tail. And old Strawberry's slowing down. And he's slowing down. Pretty under to the point where you know he's rid. And the cowboy stepped off. He didn't ride him to a standstill. That means he didn't win the prize. It's old Patty Ryan, one of the greatest saddle broncs that ever riders that ever lived. But he loved that horse. Who loved that horse? Yeah, loved that horse. And there never was a horse like Strawberry Road. You know, I'm, I'm hesitant to continue on with this because we're almost out of time. Uh, but I, I will say what it evokes in my, mem- in my mind, my tiny mind, is a new flavor at 31 Flavors. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Todd, quickly. Quickly, I, I, uh, my friend John Halverson, I went to high school with at Verde Valley School. He grew up in Michigan, and he, oh, you know, he was always going to do one thing or another. He was going to be this for a while, and then he was going to be that for a while, and then he was going to do this for a while. And then all of a sudden, one day, he called me and he said, "I'm out here in L.A. Let's party." Uh, I said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm going to school." I said, "Well, shouldn't you be studying?" He goes, "No, you'll see why." So I go see him at the motel, and we're hanging out. I said, so what kind of school are you going to? He's going, I'm going to 31 Flavors University. <laughs> and I know the difference between mint chip and chocolate fudge. So don't you worry, Professor. I'll get it right. There you go. And he spent all that time taking that knowledge in, and I think went back to Michigan and never opened up an ice cream store. <laughs> but he sure did know the difference there you go. between mint, mint, mint chip and and fudge. But did he know strawberry? There you go. Well, you're asking a lot there, Bunker. <laughs> hey, this you're was a, a uh, this this was pretty interesting, guys. It was fun. We, we, we might try I this. Think ag- so. We might try this again. Um, <laughs> yeah, we might try. <laughs> if, we, if we don't have an uprising <laughs> we, by the listeners. We, we may try this again at some time. Next week, uh, we've got a special show special coming up. Show. Uh, we're going to remember the life of Henry Darrow. Manolito. Uh, Marilito Montoya, who passed uh, this past week. Uh, and so uh, we'll be talking with um, Susan McRae, who is the casting director uh, for High Chaparral, and Don Collier, who is Sam mm-hmm. Butler. Those very close friends of Henry. So that's, uh, that's our program for next week. Until then, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys. 78, 79, Strawberry 80 <laughs> And that's it. So long, everybody.
Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.